Hey there, this is Kayla, one of your hosts of this year's show that you're about to listen to. I just wanted to pop on real quick and let you know that we are in the middle of an incredible fundraiser right now. Starting May 15th, 2024 and going until the very last day of June, we are working with over 80 other tabletop role-playing creators to help raise money for the Trans Empowerment Project. Be sure to follow the Linktree link in the bottom of this episode description to find the Tiltify fundraiser page, which includes the listing for dozens and dozens of really cool and exciting TTRPG-related items that can be purchased, proceeds of which go to support the Trans Empowerment Project. But you can also see things like the gaming schedule for this time period and just get more information on who TEP is and why we started this fundraiser in the first place. So thank you so much for your support and enjoy this episode. Everybody. Welcome back to Potions and Potpourri. We were on a little bit of a hiatus, and here we are jumping right into season two. Woo! Hooray! Dose, baby! We have a couple of exciting things planned in the future of the show. Thank you for your patience. It'll be the same nonsense, just uh, slightly newer and more fun content. Yeah! This is Kayla. And this is Keisha. And we're here to talk about some stuff, as we do. Yeah, that much <laughs> has not changed. <laughs> so for our icebreaker question for the first episode of season two, which will eventually relate to our topic, but I'm curious, in the D&D 5e conditions, which one would be the most terrifying to happen to you in real life? Yeah. Well, I'm going to put aside, like, unconscious. <laughs> I mean, that's like happened before. I mean, like, yes. <laughs> uh, actually, even with unconscious, that's still not the worst one because you are not aware of what's happening. Um, I almost want to say I'm kind of caught between the one that's like paralyzed or maybe it's petrified. I get those mixed up all the time. The one where you basically like can't move or I would say probably blinded mm. not being able to see anything suddenly yeah that would be pretty just, scary like for no really apparent reason except it just happens <sighs> that doesn't seem magically yeah <laughs> or whatever <laughs> like for me yeah it's it's one of the it's kind of like one of those questions of like oh of all the senses like which one to you is the one that you would not want to lose it's like most important to you uh-huh and for me, it's probably, like, sight. Yeah, it's hard, isn't so it? So it's really hard because, yeah. Uh, so blinded, for me, sounds like that would be pretty crazy if that happened very suddenly. Not being able to see my baby bear wombat. Oh, my goodness. I love her little face. Or, like, being able to draw or know where I'm going. I'm already clumsy. Don't need that to be even worse. Like... Yeah, I feel like that's probably one of the worst ones. What would you say? I think petrified is one of the scariest because you basically just get turned to stone. It doesn't say like how long it takes. I mean, granted, once you're stone, you're unaware of your surroundings, but you don't age. And I'm pretty sure it can only be reversed by magic. 
That's true. Are you still like, does it say if you are aware? No, it says you're unaware of your surroundings in the DMG. You are unaware. Okay, so it's not like you're- You don't know. You're there. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like, when we talked about that in the Silent Garden episode with the Medusa, like, do you know that you're turning to stone? Like, how long does it take? Right. You know? And then we've played games where we've been petrified and we haven't been able to cure people. Oh, yep. That is true. Um, (laughs) You cease aging, which is nice, but um, you can't do anything ever and people just have to move you around, basically. Yeah. Well, I guess what I'm kind of trying to ask is because there's unconscious. Yep. And then there is also petrified. So are you like, maybe you're not aware of your surrounding, but are you awake? Mm. Like you just can't see well, or hear or move. I don't or know, man. That's kind a good of... question. I bet somebody <laughs> somebody would have something to say about this. Okay, that sounds a lot worse now that we're talking about a, it. Uh, but it says wow. in the DMG that a petrified creature is transformed along with any non-magical object it's wearing or carrying into a solid and animate object, usually stone. So I would say you're not aware. I would argue it. I would... For me. I mean, it does say the creature is incapacitated, can't move or speak, and is unaware of its surroundings. Sure, but incapacitated just means you, you can't, can't take, take actions. actions or reactions. Yeah, right. right. So, in my mind, because I don't know, it's man. not, I mean, it doesn't say anywhere that you're unconscious. An unconscious creature is incapacitated, can't move or speak, and is unaware of its surroundings. I guess it's the same thing. Never mind. I guess. <laughs> I, just I mean, read it. I don't know. I guess you could add the flavor to it, though, right? That is but true. But anyways, turning a stone would be pretty scary. So yes, that, that would be my answer. That would be. That is, rough. <laughs> that is not fun. Well, this is the topic for today. It's just conditions in general, and not just strictly for D and D five E. We're also going to expand into other kinds of conditions or versions in other tabletops that we have played with ourselves. Yeah. And just kind of like comparing them yeah. and giving our opinions on them. And maybe we'll try to see if we can't come up with any other ones. But yeah, that's the general topic for today. Yeah. Well, let's start with D&D 5e because that's yeah. the one we're most familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say right off the bat that I find the conditions pretty confusing. Sure. That's one of the rule sets that I've struggled to like remember and learn the most. Mm-hmm. I always have to look up what incapacitated <laughs> means and how is that different than paralyzed, paralyzed. or petrified yeah, or, or grappled, you know? Yep. Like, and like they kind of like stack, you know? Like, that you is can true. be grappled <laughs> and incapacitated, and you can be petrified and incapacitated, but you can't be like frightened and paralyzed yeah it's i've had the same issues too i don't know if it's just us or if anybody else has issues with this. but yeah it's they're so similar like if you actually read it yes there are differences but again like you were saying incapacitated is mentioned under paralyzed and grappled and And stunned stunned yeah gosh i forgot about stunned gosh stupid s is way over there okay Yeah, so I don't really recall us in the games that we've played really ever dealing with many conditions, except for I think the one we've mostly used is probably Poisoned. Exhaustion. And uh, Exhaustion isn't listed as a condition. Exhaustion, I mean, that's a separate thing that we do use. Pretty I think often. it is considered a condition. But, well, it has its own table, though, over here. Yeah, but it's like a table because of the levels, I think. Well, maybe. 
but agree yeah. or disagree <laughs> I think somebody knows the answer <laughs> um but just like under what's under like the condition list like I don't know I mean I guess we've kind of used the other ones, but yeah, the ones that we've listed that are pretty commonly like mixed up or misremembered, we've never really used them as often. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, we don't never use invisible as a condition, really. I know. I didn't, I actually did not really realize that that was a condition until we actually really looked at this. And again, like some of them are so confusing that every time they're said, you have to like clarify what they are, but I think that might just be us, like, not being able to memorize them like some other people might have. True. And, I mean, because we haven't used them often, of course we don't have it completely memorized, you know? So, but conditions in general, I do like that they are in the game. Mm -hmm. I like that it adds a bit more, like, higher stakes or, you know, you don't know what's going on or what's going to happen next and uh, kind of stress to the battle. Yeah. Because now... Something else is going on that you have to worry about. Yeah, you have to solve something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it adds a little bit of flavor to combat where it's not Mm -hmm. so much like you're fighting somebody that might be stronger than you. Right. Um, Now suddenly that there's something else to worry about as well. And it could happen to all of your party. Yeah. So like somebody could be trying to save you from being petrified and they could also get turned to stone. Exactly. Or there could be, I think there are certain ones with, say, for petrified, it's in three rounds, the character is fully encased in stone and is completely petrified. So you're like, oh, gosh, like now you have this like clock on the wall counting down. Yeah. Like, oh, crap, like you're running against the time totally. to like prevent that. So I do like what conditions brings to the table uh-huh. for sure. Even though we don't use them very well or know them very well, they are very useful because battle can be pretty stale, in my opinion. Yeah. If it's literally just I rolled a stab. He rolls to stab. <laughs> I roll to stab more. He rolls to also stab. Like, <laughs> wow. Exciting. <laughs> but it helps a little bit too because I kind of have a little bit of beef with the health in D&D because it's just, oh, like you have a health bar and then you get attacked and you're fighting and everything and then eventually you're unconscious. But then, oh, pop a healing potion in the mouth. Okay, back at it. Yeah. Like there's not much more to it it's it, obviously it's a fantasy game but it'd be nice to have something where it's like oh like if it, something happens maybe you like break a leg or your attacks are halved or just something more yeah so i'm glad they have at least conditions i think we kind of <laughs> talked about that a long time ago in an episode just about yeah. having um different types of conditions that we would make up that would affect the game a little bit more but like you said like having a couple of bars together that determine mm-hmm. like how well you're going to perform. Right. So when, you know, you start to lose your stamina, you're not able to swing your sword as fast mm-hmm. um, or you have to like, you get winded really easily or you can't heal very fast when you get under health, half health, <laughs> health half. Yes. <laughs> you can't heal as well. You know, just things like that, I think would add a lot of flavor. Yeah, definitely. Uh, do you, like how they have it where so you have a condition and the only way to get out of some of these is you just have to roll and beat the dc save what are your thoughts on that it's it's hit or miss (laughs) the grappling the grappling i think is the most used condition and i think it makes more sense than it used to Mm -hmm. but it's still kind of dumb 
Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm going to grab him. Okay, well, he actually gets to roll to see if you do grab him. Right. And it's, I think it's just the way that it's, like, described. You know, you're like, I'm going to grapple somebody. And it's like, ooh, actually, let's see if you do that. But sure. then when you grapple, then they can grapple back. And so then you guys are just... Like hugging each other. Yeah, you guys are just like (laughs) locked in a grapple until somebody rolls to break it or like something else happens. It's just really a weird mechanic to me. I do agree with that, where it's just like it's literally you're both just constantly rolling to see who's stronger. Exactly. And that's all it is. And it's just like, okay, well, you have the person to try to get out of it. Oh, well, they fail. Mm -hmm. So they do nothing. They're just grappled. And the other one's like, yeah, I'm just going to hold my grapple. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that's. Not very exciting. <laughs> no, I just think it could be, like, done a little bit better. You know, like, I think you should, you as the grappler should get a chance to do some kind of, like, melee attack. Like a choke or... Like, like have one hand, like, punch at him or something. Yeah, or, or even just, like, incapacitate him. Like, you should be right. able to, like, start a grapple, and then your next turn, like, if you're still grappling, you should be able to start a new condition with advantage or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think... I do like that, where if you fail, like, a certain number of times, then you know what? You have to stop rolling. Like, mm-hmm. clearly you're not getting out of this. You pass out, you mm-hmm. know, or right. something like that. I do agree with that instead of just that, <laughs> what could be a very long roll-off between people and nothing happens. And even the fact that grappling reduces your speed to zero is so frustrating, because why couldn't you, like, be holding somebody by the back of their shirt really tightly and pulling them away from the battle to do something else. Sure. You know, like you should have like half movement or you should lose the ability to attack but be able to take your movement with that person or something, you know? It's just like, I mean, the grappled person's speed is zero, so I get that. But just like the way it's worded and it has like very vague wording but then also very strict rules at the same time where it's just like, (laughs) okay, I can't do anything. (laughs) Yeah, that is a good point, too. And maybe it'd be nice if they had something where it's like, hey, maybe if... So you are the person who's considered grappled. Is not is there a way that maybe they could try to choose to make the check of trying to, like, move both of the bodies? Like, mm-hmm. you're trying to, like, tumble both of you guys yeah. and have the strength to, like, kind of roll a few feet away. Maybe that's more of a flavor thing. Yeah, but maybe. It would be kind of nice to have, like, an option of that, of... Sure, you can try to roll to get out, and if you fail X amount of times, then you are at risk of being unconscious, but you could also choose instead to move half your movement or maybe like 10, up to 10 feet if you want to. Totally. You know? Yeah. I think another one that's kind of disappointing in the 5e conditions list is frightened. I feel like charmed is more powerful than frightened. Because Charmed says that the Charmed creature can't attack the Charmer or target him with any harmful abilities or magical effects. So he's pretty much, like, going to ignore the attacker. Right. Um, no matter what. And then also the Charmer has advantage in all ability checks to interact with him. But Frightened is just that the Frightened person has disadvantage and they can't get any closer to their target. But they can still stand there and fight and cast spells with disadvantage. Yeah. You know? That's kind of lame to me. Like, I think Frightened should be that somebody has to, like, run away. That's what or, I like, always Or, like, be calmed down, you know? <laughs> or, like, somebody has to spend a turn to, like, make them not frightened anymore or whatever, you know? Yeah, maybe it could be something where it's, like, so in one of our Ripped episodes, we talked about how I kind of had a homebrew mechanic where there was morale 
And yeah. if you if your morale is too low, then they break. Yeah. So maybe that could be something kind of related to this where it's okay, you're frightened. Someone has the chance or you have the chance yourself to maybe try to inspire snap out of it yeah. or someone tries to help you out of mm-hmm. it. But if it doesn't happen, then your character like just like snaps and like runs away or maybe they like lose one of their weapons or something. They like fumble it out of their hands. I can see how that would be frustrating for players. Like, oh, well, the dice roll against me. Like, it doesn't make sense that my character would do that. And yeah. it's just like, well, okay, fair. But there's a lot of things you could say that about your character with bad rolls <laughs> at the same time, too. <laughs> totally. Sometimes the dice so, just dictate what happens. Exactly. Even if it's totally against the grain of what your character technically should be doing. Right. It's just making things a bit more interesting and that's kind of the point of the dice, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it has that randomness because otherwise you're just going to tell the story of everything happens perfectly and I am perfect and all is well, you know, <laughs> like everything goes the way I want it to. So maybe that could be a controversial statement of saying I that Frighten should have a bit more to it no. as opposed to they just stand there and still can but just, attack. you know, like, some of the conditions are, like, make so much more sense. Like, a paralyzed person is incapacitated, so they can't move or speak. They automatically fail strength and dex saving throws, which makes sense to me because they can't sure. move. And then all attack rolls have advantage on them. Right. That makes sense. And then you get a critical hit with if you're within five feet of people. So why is Frightened just, oh, I can't move any closer to the scary thing? Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty lacking. You know, it's kind of a weak condition yeah. where like if you were playing a BBEG and uh, you were against, you know, the party, it's like, you're probably going to ignore that for the most part right. because you have better options. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is not exactly the greatest one. And I feel like for something like the blinded and deafened ones, I feel like those are more useful in some ways for kind of more flavored yeah. kind of fights. They're more or like inconveniences, you know? Yeah, they're not like, okay, so Deafen, creature can't hear and automatically fails any ability to check that requires hearing. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of interesting, sure. Uh, I don't know how much more you can really do with that kind of condition, so that, that does make sense. Mm-hmm. I guess that would probably mean so you automatically fail any check that requires hearing so is that you fail against the save of like healing word that's healing like word maybe yeah. yeah like yeah it's definitely i think so i'm curious um about but that. i think the blinded one makes more sense because you couldn't use spells that have a visual component to them yep uh okay so talking about it more again we don't use conditions very often so (laughs) we're learning these things as we talk about them these are really these could be handy against magic users yeah totally especially Mm -hmm. that would be really smart of you know whoever the enemy or the attacker is or the the opposing party using those on your spellcasters to be like all right you need to calm down like if we can just like put you in a corner for just a second you know that's a great way to Get them out of there. So yeah. those are actually pretty good, honestly. Um, and then we also have, of course, prone. <laughs> Everybody's favorite. Prone. Creatures' only movement option is to crawl unless they stand up. And then the condition is over. And the condition is over. <laughs> huh. I feel like prone is used pretty often, though. 
It's more just to say you get knocked off your feet. Yeah, like you, know? you fall down onto the ground. And it's, you have to spend time getting up. I get it. I think yeah. it, it's the most straightforward one out of it, all of them. It really is. You, you know, they have advantage on you and you have disadvantage on them. That right. makes sense, it right? Because you're scrambling sense. for your sword or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that It's just, happens. like, kind of annoying because you're like, oh, I'm prone. I use half my movement to stand up. Right. And now I attack because I'm still <laughs> within five feet. <laughs> I'm still here. So that was a waste of my time, I guess. <laughs> it is kind of like a... It's kind of handy and also annoying at the same time. Yeah. Because... Like, taking away half the movement speed can be really helpful Mm -hmm. to the attacker. Or, you know, they have advantage. Like, just hacking down at you. So. Right. That is, it's a good move when you get to use it. And it sucks when Of course. I mean, (laughs) yeah, it's. (laughs) Oh, it's so annoying. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah. And then uh, Poisoned is one of the ones that I've seen all the time. It's one of the conditions that happens, I feel like, most often. Again, pretty straightforward. few spells, but yeah. It's just disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. I think that's one of the... Is this the only condition that certain... Uh, well, no, it's not. There's a few conditions on here that certain classes like have immunity or just like resistance. I think it's classes and races, right? Because some people can't be frightened. Right. Like Um, I think some people have like high charisma saves so they can't be charmed. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So some of these are ones where if you build your character right, then Mm -hmm. it's not gonna be an issue for you whatsoever. Yeah, totally. Not all of them, but some of them. Poison's one of them. In a world created by a dream, there lives a place of forgotten evil. Long fallen into obscurity and legend, a fortress swallowed by the earth beckons four heroes with the promise of a mythic apple said to possess the power of healing any ailment. A tabaxi searches for faith, guided by the playful paw of their goddess on their first adventure. A bard searching for hope, haunted by the fallen ruler of an ancient evil that stole them from their muse. A turtle searching for truth, fighting against injustice but plagued by doubt, and a goblin searching for self, escaping his grief by shaking hands with a malicious archfey. A story of overcoming fear in the face of adversities. Join the Storyteller's Tavern as they descend into the sunless citadel and summon light that vanquishes the darkness within the fortress's tortured halls. Yeah, well, we talked a little bit about the D&D conditions. You know, they're fine. I think that they have their uses. Some of them are repetitive and confusing. Yeah. Unnecessarily so. So what are some other conditions that we've seen in games that we think should be implemented if you're going to try and play something like D&D? Yeah, so um, for Thirsty Sword lesbians, they enact conditions Mm -hmm. uh, during their battles. And those are much more different than this one. It's not like physical ones they're more emotional yeah basically i like that so it's like oh you make them really angry mm-hmm. or you make them like just embarrassed guilty or yeah, embarrassed guilty. Yeah. you know and it's just it's the emotional impact i mean that whole system is based off of like emotional role playing you know yeah. so it makes sense that the conditions are also like that are in align with that so I find that interesting where it's not, you're not trying to like, you know, throw sand in the eyes to like blind them or mm-hmm. something. 
like you do for D&D in this one. No, it's more you use your words. Yep. And that is your weapon. Vicious mockery. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, I I really like those ones. Um, we don't have those books laid out in front of us like we do for the 5e conditions, but I found that interesting where you just, you have to like, it's just more of the role play aspect, mm-hmm. even in the battle. Yeah. Because you have to say what causes that. Yeah. And when a condition it. is inflicted on you, it gives you a negative penalty to your role, mm-hmm. but then you have to use your emotions to try to clear conditions for somebody else. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which I like that a lot too. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's, so these ones are of course much more physical. And then we have those ones yeah. that are emotional. Uh huh. Um, and another one that kind of has, I would say honestly, both, is another one that we played is the alien role-playing game. Yeah. And they have stress dice. Yeah, I love it so much. <laughs> and those guys are stressful. So stressful. In and of themselves. Oh, my God. <laughs> because if things go wrong in a game like that, like, it's bad. And they sure do go wrong in a game like that. <laughs> <laughs> we would know, huh? <laughs> Yeah, so for these stress dice, that is definitely much higher stakes when you use those. It's something where it could mean the difference between your ship takes off versus your ship blows up. (laughs) (laughs) Not to be too specific with uh, an example. I wonder where you got that example from. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I like the stress dice a lot, though, because it... It adds that element of fear without actually, like, saying that you have a condition. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And I don't quite remember how it works, but it, like, stacks, right? So when you roll your first one, you're more likely to roll the next one. And then you can get, like, two at a time and, like, all that. And then you, like, really freak out. You do, yeah. With certain actions, you add a stress die. Yeah, that's what it is. So you have more of a chance to, like, panic even more. And you have different levels of panic. Mm -hmm. And your panic is going to be the result of something and then that causes something else yeah yeah it's just a a whole thing that just snowballs so fast it's awesome though (laughs) and it i mean that whole system is based on like anxiety and fear so Mm -hmm. i think that's a perfect mechanic for it exactly um, because it really adds to that whole feeling of dread Mm -hmm. that you're you have while playing that system so yeah and i do like there is this theme of course if you listener have not caught on that each system does really well with figuring out the perfect kind of conditions or what have you for their system because like so for D, you know there's a lot of battle and you have like all of the more physical ones and then for thirsty sword lesbians you have emotional ones it just makes sense so like they they do think about that and it does fit their systems pretty well uh-huh we're finding what is there another one that you were thinking of? Yeah, or? we talked about the sanity meter and right. Call of Cthulhu, which yep. I haven't played. I know you have a little, but that's like the mechanic that I hear talked about the most. And from what I gather, it's just like a decreasing amount of sanity, which like, again, the lower you get, the harder it is to become sane again. Right. Is that right? I think so. I only briefly played it yeah. once. But yeah, that sanity meter, <laughs> you cannot let it drop all the way mm-hmm. because I think basically your it character just breaks just your character, loses their yeah. mind, and they're basically out of the game. 
Right. By that point. Which is something else we talked about before is having that kind of mental fortitude meter of some kind instead of just like a health mm-hmm. potion, like having mental health also be part of your character's um, conditions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I'm pretty sure if I remember right, I could be wrong, but with Call of Cthulhu, I think every time you lose your sanity or you drop sanity, however you phrase that, I don't know. I think something happens as a result, depending on like how badly it happens, because it can any be anywhere between like, I don't know, you can just lose like one sanity point or maybe a dozen. It's kind of insane. Yeah. Maybe so you could sucks. like only lose a little bit for something, but if something major happens to you, like if you see somebody's head get blown off, you could like drop a lot. Right. All in one go, is that what you're saying? I think so. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know that system well enough, but the sanity meter is definitely a really interesting mechanic. And I think sure. that specifically is what makes that game unique. Yes. I think like that's like why that game was able to do as well as it did, because it had something that nobody else had at the time. Right. And again, it fits the setting, because it's, totally. it's Cthulhu Eldritch and all that craziness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's about trying to not lose your mind in this insane world. <laughs> But yeah, there's all kinds of ways to implement conditions in your setting that fits the game itself and just add that extra layer to it. Yeah. Give it more depth because I feel like you need your characters to struggle. You Mm -hmm. need your characters to go through something that's really difficult and find a way to overcome it. Totally. That's the whole point. Like, yeah, exactly. So it's good to have these as as annoying as they can be. (laughs) They're good to have. Yeah. Ultimately. What, um, like since you're our forever DM, usually what, what do you think about when you want to inflict conditions? Like, is it to make the BBG a little bit more terrifying? Is it to, as you said, give the characters one extra hurdle to overcome. Um, What's kind of your thought process for putting conditions into your games? Uh, It's, I mean, it's kind of all of the things, honestly. (laughs) Uh, Usually when you're playing in, especially for like D&D, I feel like very often the party is usually in a better position than whatever they're fighting against. They have an, a higher ground kind right. of a thing. Exactly. Because your characters have like pretty strong abilities and spells and everything that like a lot of the creatures or monsters or whatever don't really have. Yeah. So, and they're much more limited, you know, uh, like your character's wizard, I feel like probably would have a lot more access to spells than what the enemy would typically be allowed to have, Mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, I guess obviously that depends on, like, the level and everything. But if it's an even playing field, usually it seems like the characters have an upper hand. So it's kind of nice to have these conditions to be like, all right, like, let's have you take a step back a little bit, you know? I at least (laughs) want a chance to make this a good battle. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Um, And it's just... It's also kind of fun to be like, 
just throwing them through a loop of like, all right, so I made it so that your barbarian can't move right now. He cannot reach me. You know? <laughs> like <laughs> he has to do something or he won't be able to continue raging. Yeah. You know? Watch like, them sweat a little bit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's good to just give them those little obstacles to have to figure out and, you know, kind of stress about. You, to me, I just don't want the battle to be just like this wash of, oh, they just continuously attack until the thing is yeah, just Yeah, and it doesn't need to be either. There's a lot of opportunity to make it more engaging. Oh, yeah. I think conditions Easily. offer that for sure, especially if you are flexible and like a little homebrew and can combine some of these like mental conditions we mentioned before with mm-hmm. some of the physical ones. Yeah, definitely. And even like when we were talking in the beginning about the 5e conditions, like how we could kind of tweak them to make them a little bit more interesting for people and just don't be afraid to change the rules for your own game. Exactly. Yeah. Like you don't have to obviously do it word for word what these say. Yeah. Definitely like change it a bit to fit the situation more or just make it more interesting for the players, you know, mm-hmm. or even if they have like a thought of, well, instead of this happening, can I actually, can this be the condition instead? Yeah. You know, like, or let your players come to you with ideas for ways that their spells or attacks could inflict conditions. Like maybe as they level up, you know, they become more terrifying and can like get a chance to create fear in their enemies or something, you know? Yeah. And, Maybe make it so that it's not something that only happens in the moment and then you just kind of like get over it and then, you know, move on. Like we've had a character who was frightened by a ghost (laughs) (laughs) to the point where he has made it canon for his character that he does not like ghosts. Like from that point on, ever since that battle that went horribly wrong for him, (laughs) he is like super not cool with going in anywhere near like graveyards or any of that. It just makes him feel so uncomfortable and it's like that's i like that that you take that and you stick it with that character you know i'm glad you brought that up because i was thinking about that too not that long ago while we were having that conversation but having conditions kind of last yeah longer you know like have lingering conditions that affect your characters for Mm -hmm. some reason yeah like maybe they were really traumatized maybe they were almost petrified and Mm -hmm. um now they don't want to deal with anything that looks like a basilisk ever again you know what i mean or i think we've had uh a character where they got like blinded or something and they ended up saying that you know what okay this right eye of mine is like now a milkier color yeah and i can't see quite as well quite as well because of it yeah totally i think that's kind of fun to you know continue on in a way that is obviously okay with everybody Uh uh-huh but it makes it a bit more interesting and it makes it a bit more like oh like you actually don't want those conditions to happen because it could have lasting effects now all right and like you wouldn't want to get frightened again because like maybe you'll have a bit of like a flashback you know, you'll right. have something like trigger you really bad and then your character will really freak out. Exactly. So you could obviously play it as like, oh, yep, okay. So, uh, okay, I'm frightened. So I'll just do this. Okay. I broke out of it. Moving on. Continuing <laughs> as normal, you know. But I would say use it to have more fun with it. Like try to immerse yourself more and be like, okay, no, if your character was genuinely terrified mm-hmm. that they cannot step any closer to this thing or yeah you know well maybe now because you've been terrified by ghosts you have disadvantage on all saving throws against specters yeah exactly. forever and maybe you can make it so that so 
your character is now going to have disadvantage against when they're facing off against specters or race or whatever, maybe they have to find a way to overcome it. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. that could be like the creation of a little side quest or it could be a new motive for your character, you know, or just something to or kind even of just a like arc. as a mechanic like in battle they have to give you some reason that they don't have disadvantage on it anymore exactly and maybe you could even dangle a reward of like hey so you're gonna have disadvantage for now but if you find a way to overcome this i will give you advantage against them from there on out mm-hmm. you know so that's a fun way to like incentivize yeah change it up so it's not just this brief thing that kind of happens inconveniently during battle yeah i agree and like same thing with the other systems you know because it sounds like they're a little bit more emotional so maybe make them a little bit more physical on the other end as well sure you know like maybe in thirsty sword lesbians if you can't clear your angry condition fast enough you lash out against somebody and like physically attack them Right, or you end up like hitting a wall, and now you're hurting like, your hand. Broke your hand yeah, or totally. Something. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. There's definitely ways to not just stick with like strictly that kind of condition or what have you for that system, but kind of learning from other ones and kind of mixing them, matching them if you want to. Totally. And yeah, having fun with it because there's <laughs> definitely a lot of ways you can. Uh, here we go oh no (laughs) the words there's a lot of ways you can lasso something lasso that's the motion you were doing (laughs) i was going for a slap oh you were like spitting your finger well i it i don't know you can do things to your players i can't do it okay i'm just gonna end there all right (laughs) great We'll never know what that word is or where I was trying to go with it. There are things that you can do. There's many of them. Yep. So do it. (laughs) Yeah, you can do many things in games. That's true. Oh, man. Rough. Rough. I know. So it's supposed to be a flawless, like, first episode of the new season? I mean, I think if it was a flawless first episode of the new season, people would be suspicious of us. (laughs) You'd be like, all right. What's wrong? And some people probably come for the chaos, so That's we got to give the people what they want. There you go. Are you happy? Are you happy with my suffering? I inflicted a condition upon myself. <laughs> I can't handle Well, this. how perfect is that? We were talking about conditions, and then you inflicted a condition upon yourself. Yay. As an example it's just... of how conditions can work. Look, I'm Thank you, Keisha. Thank you for the example. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, at my own expense. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, do you have anything more to say on conditions? I, I think we kind of covered a lot of it. Oh, yeah, no, I think that was a... Gave some good examples of how you could kind of twist and turn them to fit your game while still having them be rules as written, you know, and yeah. add a little flair to them so they're not so bland or boring or don't make sense to you. Right, yeah. No, I think we did a pretty good job of covering everything uh, that we wanted to Yeah, my only critique really for strictly the 5e conditions is just, I don't know, kind of cleaning up the difference between... Cleaning it up, yeah. (laughs) That's a good way to explain it, though. Yeah, like, it's just... I mean, we never get them straightened out for, like, petrified, stunned, paralyzed. From what I gathered, they're, like, a little bit more straightforward 
some of them. Some of them are worse, I think, from what I've heard from the other editions. Yeah. But some of them are a little more linear, too. So I think it's, like, helped. But I feel like they could have just... Maybe for one D&D, one of the things they'll look at is conditions. And maybe they mm-hmm. can revamp them a little bit for us. Yeah, definitely. Or maybe, listeners, do you have, like, a trick for you to remember which one's which and what does what? You know, that we're just missing? Uh, we're... Definitely open, because we have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell you. After having this whole conversation, I couldn't tell you the difference between some of them. Yeah. Without looking. <laughs> yeah, like, we literally had to read each one and be like, okay, I guess that's what this one does. I which guess is, that makes sense. I guess the same as that one. Whatever, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, like Keisha said, if you guys have a way of remembering your D&D 5e conditions, if there are some conditions from other TTRPGs that we missed that you would like to talk about, mm-hmm. if you want to yell at us about how we're wrong about D&D conditions <laughs> in general, feel free to reach out. You can find us on Instagram, which is definitely our most active, at Potions and Potpourri. You can find us on TikTok, and you can send us an email at potionsandpotpourri at gmail.com. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Keisha. This is Kayla. And we will catch you next time. Bye.